Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Thanks for joining me today. Today we're going to talk about bovine respiratory disease. We're going to talk about everything from gathering the history on a group to what we're going to see in the pen to what we see in the shoot. Going to be a good show. Stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'm an owner, uh, practitioner in production animal consultation and I'm also a part-time, half-time faculty member at Iowa State University. Um, really a unique opportunity to help with education and uh, maintain my veterinary practice. Today we're going to talk about something that, that is, is something we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis and I have some really cool video to share in a feed yard that I was at in Northwest Iowa. But as we look at disease in general or we look at ailments in general in feed yards, you know there's some stepwise processes as veterinarians and as producers that we really need to take a look at. And so when we start to see an increase in spike of morbidity in a, in a feedlot or, or from bovine respiratory disease, if we're seeing an increase in lameness, or we get into the early fall and we start to see an increase in, in buller activity of cattle, um, you know, first thing we have to do is stop and, and take a history. And a history as a veterinarian, um, and, and you as a producer, you may think that I'm just gonna walk in and automatically know that, that you're having a, a lice problem or automatically know. I may have some observations, spending some time, but to really get to the root cause and really understand what's going on, as a veterinarian, the first thing I have to do is I have to, to sit down and, and get your perception on your operation of, of what's going on. I also need to know, has this been going on for a week? Has this been going on for two weeks? Has it been going on for a month? Really, really important. I also need to know, is it about the same? Is the same number of head, the same level of severity per animal? Or is this something that is, is going up in progression of disease or progression of severity or, or including more animals? And so uh, I think those are, are really, really important parts of the, the history. The other parts of the history are the signalment. And so I'll ask you, you know, is this affecting just the heifers or is this he affecting heifers and steers? Is it, if it's a cow herd, you know, is it age? Is it the replacement heifers versus the, the cows? And, and some of these different things. And, and then within the, the age, breed, uh, gender, it might be the stage of production. You know, are, are these animals uh, pregnant? Are these animals uh, newly received to the, to the feed yard? And, and where are they at on, on ration? And so those are some things that, that we'll, we'll ask. I'll, some of the other things that I'll ask um, when I take a history is I'm gonna, you know, what have we done vaccination-wise? What have we done uh, diet-wise? What have we done with maybe dewormers, water source environment? As we start to think about this, when I start to ask uh, questions like, have we upped the roughage? No, we've stayed pretty much the same roughage level, but is it the same roughage source? Well, no, we're into a new cutting or a different type. We're out of the grass hay. We're putting a new green chop uh, type alfalfa in the diet. Lots of different things that could be stimulating phytoestrogens and things to that nature as we look at some of these issues. Water source, 
you know, do we hit a dry time of the year where we can't source all the water from, from one pond and now we're blending it from a well or from, from another source and then, and when did that occur? Uh, environment, have we had, you know, rainfall? Have we had temperature fluctuations? All of these different things are going to go into the history before I start to, to come to some diagnosis and start to understand before I go out and look at the clinical uh, signalment in the pens or in the pastures. History is vitally important um, and, and more on that when we come back, we're going to take a message. You're watching Doc Talk. Hey folks, Dr. Dan here. Uh, Glad to have you with me here on Doc Talk. Uh, I'm in Ames, Iowa, where I practice veterinary medicine. I teach and do research at Iowa State University. And um, as we we're leaving, one of the, my favorite stories about not taking the time to collect a history was I had a new associate hired. We were in West Texas. He's a brand new veterinarian. Um, we did a necropsy in front of the crew. We got done with it, and there was a little speck of of BRD or pneumonia in the lung, and and uh, my, my associate veterinarian went through and explained the pathophysiology of bovine respiratory disease and how that progressed in the animal until the animal died. And, and uh, he looked up and asked the, the person, the, the hospital, the doctor there, um, you know, what'd you think of that as far as the explanation of death? And they said, huh, we thought it died because we hit it with the feed truck this morning. So it's really, really important to start with a history and, and have an understanding of what you're going through every day when we come onto the farm. So now let's go into bovine respiratory disease. And, and it's, you know, in the fall, it's the number one cause of illness, the number one cause of death in, in feedlot cattle. And, and so when the first thing that I, we have to do is identify sick cattle in the pen. And we have not done a very good job of being able to identify sick cattle in the pen because cattle, until they know that we are caregivers, they will hide their clinical signs from us. And so, but once they start to get either so sick that they can't hide the clinical signs, or they trust us and show the clinical signs earlier in the disease process, the, the acronym we use for finding cattle that are, that are sick uh, with respiratory disease is DART, okay? Depressed, anorexic, respiratory, temperature. So, in the pen, we can find animals that are depressed, or maybe they're alone, maybe they're by themselves. Their head's down, their ears are down, they just aren't, they aren't alert when you come into the pen. Uh, that's, that's a pretty obvious one. Uh, anorexia, these are animals that are off feed. Anorexia means to not eat. And so if we start to see an animal that's gant or slab-sided, um, that's an animal that, whether it's truly sick or not, something's going on that we better get that animal in and check it out and, and take a look at it. Respiration rate. That's another thing that we're going to look at. Is this animal breathing heavy? Is it breathing fast? Has it changed compared to just normal uh, respiration, meaning that there's something wrong with bovine respiratory disease. There are other things that we can examine in the pen, such as a dry nose or severe, clear, running nasal discharge. Uh, some of those types of things, um, but we can't evaluate the, the body temperature out in the pen, so we have to get them in. So, so understanding that is, is vitally important. Now, one of the things that we use on a day-to-day -day basis in our, in our feedlots is we try to match, especially with high-risk calves, because not every calf will show these signs of depression, anorexia, 
and, and respiratory rate. We will use different methods such as walking those pins or riding those pins when we offer first feeding, especially as we get into these cooler months. And a lot of times that will expose those animals. And I have some video of how we do that that I'm going to come back to here as we take a break. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have some video on how we identify some cattle. We'll also go through some things we do at the shoot side um, to better evaluate and how to treat those cattle with bovine respiratory disease. You're watching Doc Talk, and I'm glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here at Iowa State University, and I'm a, a feedlot practitioner uh, that spends a lot of time in feed yards. And uh, as we left, we're talking about finding cattle that are sick um, when, we, when we feed them. And here's a video that I'm gonna share with you. This is at Hanson Feed Yards up in uh, Hinton, Iowa. Uh, Rick and Patty Hanson, great people. This is uh, Justin and Miguel that are out in the pen. You can see that the, the tractor's coming in and the feed wagon, and we keep these cattle pretty aggressive. And we're gonna feed these cattle, and, and you're gonna see that the, how aggressive they come to the bunk, and obviously they're hungry. And one of the things about using feed, a lot of times when we pull cattle, there's, there's times where we pull cattle that look, that are, that are ugly, but they're not sick. And using the, the feed and, and how these cattle come, but then look at this critter standing out here. Uh, all by itself, the only one in this pen of 200 and some head um, that's not coming to there. And uh, sure enough, uh, as any good caregiver would do, here comes Miguel up to take a look at this animal. This animal was, if, if we wouldn't have timed this at the time of, of feeding, this animal was full, this animal was alert, uh, and this animal didn't have respiratory uh, signs. So, so sometimes using feed, can help us identify those animals that maybe are just a little bit off before they're held off feed too long uh, and then we're able to uh, get these animals in the the pen so we're going to grab this animal you can see justin miguel are going to move him out of the pen we're going to take him up to the hospital where uh, we're going to put him in the chute and we're going to do a physical exam on this animal and as you can see this animal standing here in the tub right now um, pretty alert um, got uh, a, a belly full of feed, uh, not one that when we described the dart method that we would have probably gotten if we wouldn't have matched this up with, with um, feeding. So the first thing I'll do when we get the animal's shoes, I'm going to look at the head. And I want to look at the eyes. If the eyes are sunken in, that means dehydration. If the, uh, you know, when we get chapped lips, when we get sick, cattle get a chapped nose. Um, this steer has a severe nasal discharge um, that, that is, is watery, that sometimes we associate with a, with a viral uh, pathogen. Ears are alert, uh, heads up. I'm gonna go back then to the, to the side and I'm gonna look and see if this animal is gant or not gant um, as part of my physical exam. And then of course, we're gonna go in there and you can see where Miguel is right here, taking the, the rectal temperature or the body temperature and sure enough, uh, this animal temped uh, 106.0. Normal body temperature for bovine cattle, especially in the fall, because it's not gonna fluctuate, go up because of heat stress, um, is 101.5 to 103.5. Anything that's 104 or above running a fever, we're gonna consider that animal to be having some sort of viral or bacterial uh, disease, and that is an abnormal body temperature. But not eating, 
alone in the pen, physical exam, uh, sunken eyes, nasal discharge, not eating, rectal temperature of, of 106, we're gonna, we're gonna treat that animal. So when we come back, a little bit more, we're here at Doc Talk. thanks for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're talking about respiratory disease. And you know, while we're there, we pulled another calf to the chute, and, and I'm just gonna kind of walk through our physical exam and what normals are and abnormals, but the first thing is, is I'm gonna look at this calf's head. And, and as you can see in this video, it's eyes got some discharge, uh, they're sunken in. You can see that uh, when you look at the nose, there's the constant nasal uh, dripping, that clear nasal. I don't get as shook up about just a, uh, a mucus plug or, or somebody blowing their nose, but when it's constantly running uh, like this, it's something that's, that's abnormal. Um, we'll also look to, to see the nose, and a lot of times we'll see a dry nose in these, these animals. Then I'm going to move back to the, to the back end. We're going to take the, the rectal temp temperature of this animal, but I'm also going to examine the, as you can see here, I'm going to examine the uh, paralumbar uh, fossa area, and you can see that this calf has been off feed and not been eating, so this is the, the anorexia. So normals for cattle, normal rectal temp is 101.5 to 103.5. Normal respiratory rate in a bovine is 10 to 40 breaths per minute. Uh, normal heart rate is 60 to 80 beats per minute. And normal rumen contractions are one to two per minute. And, and you're like, well, how do I measure rumen contractions? Well, if you don't have a stethoscope and you can't listen to them, you can actually take your fist and put it right in this left paralumbar fossa, and as you press down, you'll actually feel the, the rumen contractions as they move underneath your, your fist. I'm gonna look at respiratory rates, I'm gonna look at the head, I'm gonna look at the paralumbar fossa, I'm gonna take a, 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 a temperature, and then once we have that, we're gonna take this to the animal health computer, as you can see Justin, he's gonna enter this information that we take, uh, whether it's a lung score through auscultation or whether it's a body temperature, we're going to put that into the animal health computer where, as a veterinarian, I have set up our treatment programs based on the signalment, which is age, gender, days on feed, things to that nature, along with the clinical definition or the clinical signs. What did we see as far as lung score, uh, rectal temperature, and then that will then give Justin and Miguel the uh, treatment protocol or the treatment plan for this critter that's in the chute. And you can see, and then we administer the product, and then hopefully when we send this animal back to its home pen, it's gonna not come back to us for a second treatment and get along just well. What do we expect from our treatments? We expect 80% of the animals that we treat first with, with respiratory disease uh, to never come back for a second treatment. Of those that come back for a second treatment, about 50% of those come back for a third. And of the ones that come back for a third treatment, about 50% of those go on to normal pack. The other 50% wind up being railed or died. So as we, as we look at this and measure our case success and constantly look at these numbers, these are some of the things that you should do when uh, doctoring the cattle with the right clinical case definition and the right treatment protocols working underneath a valid veterinary client patient relationship. Sure appreciate you watching Doc Talk today. Remember, if you want to find us on the web, 
You can find us at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and I'll see you down the road.